Learning Life on the One EO radio station is a podcast focused on all things learning. We'll talk to learning chairs, EO members, and the speakers who come to our chapters. And we want to know what makes a learning program great and what stories make EO members a most unique breed of entrepreneur. Stay tuned. We've got lots in store for you. And now, your host, John Toda. This is John Toda, learning chair for EO New York and your host for the One EO Learning Life podcast. One EO Radio New York is a podcast station created by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs and anyone passionate about learning, learning about entrepreneurism, learning about life in whole. Uh, we're focused on entrepreneur stories, the business of learning, and just life in general. So I am excited to welcome my guest today, Dave Will. Dave is a fellow EO member. He's the learning chair for the Boston chapter a serial entrepreneur, founder of Peach New Media and Prop Fuel, and Dave also runs the EO Virtual Learning Podcast and is just an all-around good guy. So welcome to the pod, Dave. How are you doing? John, thanks for having me. I love podcasts in general. I love being the host of the EO Virtual Learning Podcast, and so it's, it's, it's really fun turning the table around and being a guest every now and then. So thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you for coming on. And I, um, I'm a fan of your EO Virtual Learning podcast. So tell me a little bit about that. You know, before we start talking about what you're doing as a learning chair, which obviously for our audience is like super interesting because, you know, we love having learning chairs on this call talking about how they're designing their program, you know, what gets them excited, how they balance that with their business at the same time. But you also are on this the this path of leadership in EO, and you're I think leading that virtual learning podcast for a couple couple years now. Tell me all about it, and how do people find it? And tell me about some of the guests you got, because I think you got some big names on there all the time. We haven't had Richard Branson yet. We haven't had Muhammad Ali or or George Clooney or Gorbachev yet. But you know who has is Cal Fussman, and we had Cal Fussman on. So that's pretty cool. It's like six degrees of separation to all those names I just mentioned. Um, Cal Fussman, I think, and I hope no disrespect to any of my guests, but Cal Fussman, right now, of the 50 or so episodes we've recorded, Cal was the one I was kind of starstruck with. And if you don't know Cal Fussman, listen to that podcast where I interviewed him. This guy is just awesome in terms of how he gets to the heart of things, how he connects with people. He has this phrase he uses, start with the heart, move to the head. And so that's that's the way Cal interviews people. In fact, we're having him in, I'm from the Boston chapter of EO, we're having him in as a kickoff next year to kick off the new year. Uh, he's going to be doing a workshop on how to interview people or how to recruit people for your business. And so he's taken all of his experiences of interviewing these amazing uh, people uh, and, and how you can apply that to your business. So Cal Fussman is somebody we've interviewed. Vern Harnish is, of course, Rockefeller Habits and, and one of the founders of EO. Uh, Joe Polish from Genius Networks. Um, uh, we, we've had a lot of great names in in the podcast, there's 50 some odd episodes. And then we've had a lot of people that nobody's heard of, but they have a really, really interesting story of how they built their business. So the way I got involved with this was I've been a member of EO for seven or eight years. I, I love EO. I really um, appreciate the people I've met through EO because entrepreneurship is a real passion of mine. It's something I really, really enjoy. And so as I've 
gotten more involved. I've bumped into people that do this and that. I had a learning management system. You know all about that, John, which led me to talking to the learning people at EO. And it turns out they had this virtual learning committee. And I said, God, I'd love to be part of that just to contribute what I can to make EO better from a virtual learning perspective. And my very first meeting with them, um, they, they were looking for someone to start a podcast for EO. And nobody knew anything about podcasts. I knew very little myself. And so that's how I got involved. I said, I'll do it. And before you know it, I'm interviewing all these cool people. It's really cool. I, I, and I would urge everyone, you can subscribe to um, the EO Virtual Learning Podcast on iTunes. or uh, Yeah, the, any- John, the best way to find it is just type in e- Entrepreneurs Organization Virtual Learning Podcast or e- Entrepreneurs Organization Podcast. And that pops up this orange, this bright orange logo. You can find it in iTunes. You can find it in Casts. You can find it in any kind of podcatcher. Or you can just Google it and, and play it right off of the, the internet. And I would say um, for everyone out there, whether you are an EO member listening in or not, this is available to the public. And I think, Dave, you and I always talk about this. Our background's so similar. You know, I'm LMS e-learning guy as well. And I just joined the virtual learning committee um, with Dave. And I'm, I'm a huge fan of podcasts. And I always say, like, what, what I love about what we're doing with virtual learning at the global level is that, and particularly the podcast, is that when someone types in like entrepreneur in iTunes, like we should be the very first one that comes up. It should be us sharing those stories and interviewing all those experts. And, um, and I love what you're doing with it. So the, uh, you can't, and like you said, you can't miss it. Bright orange comes up, you know, it's EO. So, and, and it's nice that it's available for anyone and, uh, and it's really getting some traction. I, I think you're getting some serious downloads on your sessions now or your episodes now. It's interesting. You know, I interviewed Jordan Harbinger who is, uh, he has a podcast called The Art of Charm. This guy is awesome. And when I talked to him about six months ago, he was getting 3 million downloads a month. You know, that's awesome. That's a great podcast. It's not the biggest, like it's not a Tim Ferriss podcast, but it's pretty damn good. So I look at someone like that, and I think those are impressive numbers. We're not getting impressive numbers. Although, you know, what's funny is EO uh, Association executives, you know, the people that run entrepreneurs organization, I think some of the volunteers internationally at the top, they're impressed with the numbers. And I guess that's all that counts. So now tell me something. I I know, you know, both coming from the New York chapter where our president is super excited about this one EO radio station that we've created as a podcast and and we're going live on uh, iTunes with that. And um, I've talked to um, people we know in other chapters, presidents who want to do the same thing. And What's, you know, one or two tips that you can give, because you've been doing this at the global level for much longer than, than all these chapter presidents. And, and a lot of those, those people are ideally tuning into this and listening to us today. So what would you say, like to get it off the ground and to, to really sustain it with some energy? What are a couple of tips you could give a chapter president uh, or, or someone at that level who's going to do it on their own and, and keep it going? So I'm at risk of rambling on here because this is not a question I've ever answered before. Um, nor do I consider myself to be a podcast expert. You're a podcast uh, expert now. (laughs) Shut me down if I start to ramble. Uh, Let me start with this. Number one is the length of the podcast. It's interesting. I always thought short is better. Um, In coming from the learning management system world where virtual learning is all going to nano learning, very, very short snippets. 
Tim Ferriss convinced me otherwise. With a podcast, I think any length can work. It's, it's, it's just a matter of who you're selling to and how they're listening to it. So I went from saying, okay, we're going to do 10 or 15 minute EO podcasts to saying we're going to go long form. It's not like three and a half hours long form, but it's, you know, my typical podcast is about 45 minutes to an hour and it works well. It's, it's, it's pretty much a person's commute into the office. Um, so that, that's the length in terms of rolling out and starting a podcast. Um, we were talking about this earlier, John, I think the, the numbers I've heard, and again, this is data from experts. The numbers I've heard is you want to have seven or eight podcasts that are all released on day one. The reason for that is you want your numbers to spike right from the beginning. And if you can start promoting your podcast and people aren't just downloading one, but every person that's listening is now downloading eight podcasts. Now you've just eight times your, your, your downloads. And that's what gets you on the charts. The goal is in the first three months to get enough, I think it's three months to get enough exposure so that Apple iTunes puts you into the, gosh, I forgot the name of it, but they somehow promote you as a, a hot up and coming podcast. That's the goal. Cause if you get that, then you get great exposure and your numbers are going to go way up. Yeah. In terms of making money in a podcast, I, I don't really know how to do that. I guess sponsorships, but you really got to start to get a lot of clicks, a lot of downloads to make that worthwhile. A big question I get oftentimes is the audio. Here's the really interesting thing I use, and I'm using right now, um, Apple uh, earbuds with a microphone on. I used to actually record in my car because my house was under construction. So I'd just be in Wi-Fi sitting in my car in my front driveway because all the workers were walking through the house. But now I'm just pacing around my office inside my house um, talking on my earbuds. So earbuds get you about 95% of the way to a studio. Then you could create a studio where you have thousands of dollars of equipment, great sound system, and now you've got to bring people into the studio so that they have the same quality. I much prefer to have my guests and myself in remote locations using the same equipment so we sound the same. So that's just, that's just my experience with, with audio. And then there's a tool called Ringer, R-I-N-G-R. I used to use them. Awesome audio quality. But when I was using them, they were fairly new and we had some issues with it dropping. I think they've come up. I think they've evolved quite a bit. That's R-I-N-G-R. I would recommend that as a tool. I know you use Zencaster, which is also good. I, I, I couldn't figure it out in about two minutes, so I didn't use it. And so right now what I'm using is Skype, but I think Zencaster or Ringer are better tools. So anyway, that's kind of my rambling on about how to make a good podcast. I'm sure there's much, much more in there. For instance, um, uh, how to market your podcast. There's a lot of tips around how you can use your guests to market your podcast. So there's a ton of marketing tips around podcasting. I think on that topic, you know, to recap them, because you gave some really good nuggets there. So one, um, just for, for everyone who's taking notes, don't worry about the length. It's, you know, whatever your audience is interested in, it, you know, this isn't that format where it's got to be bite-sized because I think as, as Dave was mentioning, yeah, you've got lots of people out there like Tim Ferriss who, you know, will do a one hour, you know, two hour podcast. And if the guest is great and the content's good, you know, people, they, they commute with it on the way in, they commute with it on the way home. They, they, they just consume it. 
So length is what's ever natural to you. This backlog, I, uh, my producer said that too, you know, get like six to eight sessions in the backlog because then you start getting a, a, a notable amount of downloads and you get featured. So that's definitely an awesome, awesome tidbit there. And I feel the same way, like what you said, Dave, about making the recording, just making it accessible to you so that you, you don't have that barrier of entry every time you have to sit down to do it. Um, as you were saying, I, I want to check out that ringer. I, um, I'm using, as, as you noted, Zencaster with just my computer and, a, you know, I use a, a blue snowball microphone and, and it's just easy because I, I one, one of my guests wanted to do it in person and I said, yeah, but then we got to like try and get together and, and that's just not a sustainable model, it, you know, for particularly a business owner who's in an EO leadership role, who's doing this not to make money, but to just, you know, share knowledge and and get communications out to the the chapter. So yeah, you know, you know, Joe Polish is in Arizona. Uh, Vern Harnish is in um, North Carolina, I think. Uh, Cal Fussman is in LA. Um, I've interviewed a couple people from California. Ari Mizell and Nick Sonnenberg. They're in New York City. So it's you know, it's yeah. If you want to get, if you want to focus on the guest, then I just don't know how you make the in person thing work. Yeah, and it's. And again, it's the new age of radio, right? And, and it's supposed to be virtual. So very cool. So thank you for your, uh, your input on, on podcasting. Now, moving on to some of the, uh, the other topics about you. So how is it, you are the, the current learning chair, and I think two-time learning chair now for the Boston chapter. So you, um, for all of the, uh, the corporate educators and, and other learning chairs out there listening in on this, at this point of the year, we're rolling into our season openers are about to start in September. How are you looking or what are you excited about? And, and uh, what's going on in the Boston chapter from a learning perspective? I loved doing it a second year. I did not see this role as a burden, although from what I'm told, it's the most uh, difficult, uh, time-consuming role on the board for any EO chapter. The first year I found I was so disheveled that uh, I, I wasn't a very effective learning chair. I, I did an okay job at maintaining, maybe improving a little, but I'm finding that it was leading into the second year that I was really able to bump or to make a much better uh, uh, learning program. We've got a learning program now with 12 months planned out ahead um, with a full year, a full actually more than 12 months, because we had our calendar done in March of 2017 for the 2017-18 calendar year. I'm sorry, uh, fiscal year. So we've got our calendar booked through next summer. I'm booking people for um, September of 2018 now, and that's over a year away. So um, so that, that's one recommendation. The downside with that is you don't have the flexibility anymore to just bring somebody in with a, on a whim bring somebody in on three months notice. You've got to book people a year, year and a half out. And, and oftentimes when you do that, they kind of look at you like you're crazy. Um, one of the events, we're really, there's two events I want to touch on that I think we're really excited about. One is an annual kickoff. And we just, we're starting that this year. We're doing it in September. And we're making an all day event where it's mandatory. So, uh, and then we say mandatory. How do you make an event mandatory? To be honest, we're hoping for like a 75% participation. I don't even know if we're going to get that. 
but the idea is that we really want to we want to show or we want to make it really really important that people participate. This it's an all day event. Starts off in the morning with Navy SEALs coming in, uh, helping us uh, with a team building series of exercises. We have a nice long lunch where our president gets up, says a few things, uh, brings everybody up to date. We're going to have some guests in for lunch, and then we have Shri Kumar Rao who's coming in the afternoon. Some of you may know his name. Um, but he's kind of this, uh, this guy that helps uh, helps you find peace in your life. Among all the commotion in life, he helps you find this your core. It's a little bit fluffy, a little bit out there, but it's something that I think a lot of us entrepreneurs um, get turned on by is figuring out how do we find fulfillment amongst all this scattered, all these scattered things in our lives. So he's going to come in and do a two and a half hour workshop with us, and then we're having cocktails. So that's one event. We're bringing uh, prospects and spouses in for the second half of the day. The first half of the day is all about team building with our our chapter. Another event we're really excited for is Business of the Year Award. We had thought about building this out regionally, meaning reaching out to the New York chapter, the Connecticut chapter, where again, we're Boston. So all the Northeast chapters, maybe even all the way down to D.C., maybe even eventually the whole East Coast. But then we decided that we just want to focus on our region, our, our Boston area. And in fact, we, we're going to start to build this as a recruiting tool and as a brand tool for EO. So we did a, a, a Business of the Year Award. We had a, a couple dozen applicants last year, and we selected three businesses to recognize with one winner. It was phenomenal. It was really, really good. So we're doing that again this year. And we hope to make it even better. And, and one other comment. Sorry, John. I had somebody that did this with me. She she's, was involved in the board, um, but Jennifer was my sidekick throughout the last two years. And I'm going to move on to be the, the president. Well, I am the president-elect for next year. So I'm going to sign out of the learning and take on the presidency of the, of the Boston chapter for the 2018-19 calendar year. And so I, I'm hoping I can get Jennifer, who's already been really involved in the learning chair position for the past two years, now taken on and own it so that she has no problem jumping into it. So that's another recommendation is find a learning elect to join you on the board and just to be a second player on that role, especially given this role, I think it's a really important one to have two people focus on. And I think you, uh, you touched on a couple of the big topics that as I've been talking to more and more learning chairs and, and interviewing them, and, and particularly at the, the bigger chapters and learning chairs who've done this for multiple years, um, like we all have, what the common theme is like this um, chapter kickoff, we, um, I, I kind of borrowed the idea from Matt Weiss down in South Florida. They do the all-member breakfast um, that's 100% mandatory. And, I, and from what I hear, they get 100% attendance. But, you know, I probably would say I get 100% attendance all the time, too. And uh, so I, I started the all-member breakfast last year. Um, and we're doing it again. We're having our kickoff on September 12th. And, you know, again, like you said, you, you, you could say it's mandatory, but you're dealing with, a, a, you know, a entrepreneurial group. And, uh, and it's a voluntary membership. So it's like, if you get 75 or 80%, like you're saying, that would be huge. And I think what you noted, which is really cool, we do ours as a breakfast, so does South Florida. 
But your idea of making this full day event and making it so valuable that you don't have to hard sell the members into it, they're excited to come. I think it's a really cool idea. And, and the other thing you touched on about the business of the year, we started last year in New York, the, the EO Rockies, which is our award for the New York chapter um, alone. And it's really, you know, there's certain traits that we feel, you know, as entrepreneurs really resonate. And, and we give, you get a basically a Rocky award for leadership or innovation or resilience. And, and there's like five different characteristics. And, uh, and then they came up and shared their story. And it was, I think, might've been our highest rated event of the year. And it was just all about recognizing members for like their business stories and the challenges they overcame. And so I love what you're doing there. And I think, you know, you start to see these similarities across the chapters that like to engage our membership, you know, doing these kickoff uh, events that kind of get everyone excited about the year, recognizing member stories and, and their accomplishments, um, which definitely work. And, and like you're talking about with succession, I think we all struggle with that. I, you know, I, I think, you know, I've done it now two years as learning um, like you. And so we're, we have to roll off at this point. And, and so, you know, and a lot of learning chairs take that, that path to, you know, a president elect position. And so you're, you're looking to, you know, find somebody who wants to take this crazy role on, but love it as much as we all do, because like you said, it's, yeah, it's a very challenging role and there's a lot of responsibility, but it, it's about the most gratifying role that you could have, I think, in, in an organization like this, delivering a learning program and getting, you know, and getting to see the results. So yeah, how, how did you select, because this is something that I'm struggling with right now is I keep reaching out to people, you know, it's one thing to try and get them on my committee, but they always know that there's like that undertone that he's going to try and tab me to be the next learning chair. And I just don't want to ever get roped into that. (laughs) So how did you, uh, how'd you get your co-chair essentially to, uh, to sign on and, um, and to start kind of taking this over gradually as the year goes on. The reality is when I was joining the board, she was joining the board as well. Her role on the board was not a very intensive role. And I became friends with her and asked her to to do it with me. And she agreed. It was, it it wasn't, I I didn't have to sell her on it. I mean, she is just a relation. I'd say that was the most important thing. This is somebody I had a very good relationship with. So, John, if you and I were in the chapter, I think you and I would work well together. It was that kind of thing where I didn't ask for volunteers. I just went to somebody that I enjoyed working with, um, got along with well, and I knew wasn't overwhelmed with, with chapter involvement already. I mean, she's got a lot in her life, but it's, I knew she wasn't overwhelmed with what she was doing with the chapter. So I, I think that's probably, if I'm going to offer one tip, is find somebody you really like working with and get them to do it with you because they like working. And it's uh, equal, equal parts luck and charisma to try and get people to, to sign on with you on that. And they, you know, the thing that, and I, I hate to share this right now because any EO New York members listening are going to know what my plan is, but I tab people to be day chairs. And they day chair events, and then I, I kind of suck them into potentially being a learning chair. So I've got a few friends in the chapter that are day chairing um, events this year, and they all know I'm, what I'm up to. And I'm I've like, never, I've never done that. To me, it just seems like all of a sudden it, it's 
you know that phrase, sometimes it's easier just to do things yourself. The day chair means now you've got to bring other people into the mix. So it's, if it works for you, that's awesome. I just haven't had the balls to do it because it seems like more work to me. But you know what I like about the learning role is, and this is something you were talking about, the value, how rewarding it is being learning chair. I get a ton of value out of this because I get to talk to, like doing the podcast, I get to talk to all these people coming into the into the chapter. And from a really selfish perspective, yes, I try to listen to what people in the chapter want. But at the end of the day, I get to pick the speakers that I really want to see. So, so it's a really kind of a selfish role because I get to shape my own experience in EO because I'm picking the people coming in to talk. I don't, yeah. Cal Fussman wouldn't be coming to talk to Boston if, if, I didn't invite him in. It's not like somebody referred him or recommended him to me. I went after him because I know he's awesome and I really want to see him come in. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and, and they said that to us, you know, at the, at the global conference, they said, you know, that's one of the perks of this job is that like, there's people out there that you would love to see and you'd love to have a connection with. And this is your opportunity because what I've seen over and over, like we, we booked Cal, he's coming to New York on November 15th. I, you know, I was like blown away by Cal and I'm like, gosh, just to be able to hang with them, you know, and, and to bring them to the chapter. And like, we've got Jason Freed from base camp coming in October. And I'm like, you know, just to get to sit down and, and have dinner with Jason Freed would be so cool. And so, you know, the, to have the opportunity to plan an event with these guys, share them with the chapter. It's, it is, it's a hugely rewarding experience. And I think what people don't always know when they're thinking about, do I want to be a learning chair or not? The EO brand opens up, the global brand opens up a lot of doors when you start looking at, at booking these speakers. I mean, I, I'm always blown away by the people when I start talking to different chapters. I know LA's got Tim Ferriss speaking there. That's awesome. My yeah, God, I, mean, I don't know how you get Tim Ferriss. I'd love an introduction to Jason Freed, if you don't mind. I'd love to, to yeah. interview him for EO Virtual Learning Podcast. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's a great, he's a great interview for a podcast. And you know, he's a perfect example. I just emailed him out of the blue, told him about EO and he's like, I love talking to small businesses. I'll be there. Yeah. And so, you know, it's like, it's really cool from that perspective. And I think when you're very siloed, I always was very siloed about EO New York, EO New York. And then I, I started working at the board level and then I went to my first GLC and I, all of a sudden I saw, started meeting people like you and uh, and mad and different chapters in you know just on the the U.S. East Coast, and then I start meeting people around the country, around the world, and I'm like, gosh, man, it's such an awesome community of of people, and you know, like, and then you see like the size, you know, like thirteen thousand entrepreneurs around the globe, it moves people to come and speak, and and you get opportunities as a learning chair that if you were just running a learning program for any. New York or Boston-based organization, you just wouldn't have the weight to get those kind of people to, to pick up your calls. You know, final thing uh, mm -hmm. before we, we end today, what I, I always love to talk about, because the, the title of this, um, of this podcast is Learning Life. It's not just about learning. It's about, you know, what's going on in, in entrepreneurs' lives and what, what motivates you personally. So, it, you know, everyone knows by now you're, you're in, the, in the Boston area. What do, you, what do you do with your free time? Are you a surfer, sailor? You, uh, you, you a beach guy, lake guy? What do you do? 
Yeah, it's funny. It's like you've been looking at my. Um, it's like you've been looking at my Facebook page. So, <laughs> what do I do? I, you know, I find that I have to consciously carve out the time to um, to do those fun things. And when I do, it's usually usually a family oriented thing. We, we're doing a huge construction on our house. We have a pool here. I love love sitting in the hot tub with one of my three boys. Um, I love uh, sailing with my family. And so we'll sail and we tend to cruise more than I race because cruising is more of a family event. Occasionally, I get the opportunity to go on an EO excursion or something like that. And it becomes now it's more of a, I don't know, more of a personal thing where my family's not involved. And so that's where I get my craving in for hanging with the fellas or the ladies. And that's, that's where it's, that's that's where I get the fun stuff. Every now and then I'll I'll go surf on my own or find a buddy and, and we'll, I'm not a real surfer. I'm a paddleboard surfer. I'm like a dad surfer. I think is what they call us. <laughs> but yeah, I, so I like to do that in the winter. I, you know, I snowboard with my son and I try to pretend I'm I'm a, a, one of these cool snowboarders. But I remember getting my first snowboard and the guy. Uh, the guy at the shop said uh, he was showing me some boards. I said, "Well, what about this one? This one's really cool." And, and he says, oh yeah, that one that we call our dad board. I was like, perfect. I'll take it. That's me. So yeah, you, you nailed it. I, I'm a, I'm a, you know, the other thing that I find that this is I don't know, pleasure or necessity or what, but the biggest vitamin in my life is running. I wake up every morning and I run with my group. I have a group of people that hold each other accountable for our running goals. And we run every morning and it is a, it's critical for my mentality, especially being as ADD as I think I am. I, it's the running that keeps me focused. It's the running that helps me stay productive during the day. Without that, I'm just so scattered. Yeah, and I think that's a common theme. I'm a runner too. And, you know, I think you see with a lot of entrepreneurs, like it's, it's that time you disconnect from all your devices and all the employees, clients, investors, everybody who needs you. and uh, like you, I love any sport where I can't focus on anything but what's going on at that moment. I think visualization goes a long way. And and it sounds a little fruity. It sounds a little like 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 uh, next topic's going to be yoga or something like that. But but here's here's where I think it helps. I did this thing called um personal compass. It's put out by Grove, I think. If you type in Grove personal compass, it's a phenomenal personal visioning workbook and it's not you cannot do it online you have to get the workbook and it's this workbook that's bigger than a placemat you know bigger than a dining placemat and you're in theory you're supposed to use like like colored pencils magic markers crayon i mean it's supposed to really drive this creative thought in your mind and it takes you it takes hours to do this thing but when you do it now you have this plan of what what do you want your life not your career, although they have one for careers too, but what do you want your life to look like in three, five, 10 years in retirement? And I've, what was really interesting is I did this about 10 years, I think, before I sold my business, 10 years, a decade. And I created this picture all the way down to the dollar amount that I ended up selling my business for. It was crazy. 
I, I had it down to within one year window of when I sold my business. I had it down to, and maybe it was a six, five or six year thing. Um, but anyway, it, 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 so the, the accuracy of this visioning thing that I did was uncanny. And I'll tell you this, I did not refer to it regularly. I just did it once and kind of tucked it away. And then here I am, I, I grew the business, I sold the business, I did things with my family, and I pulled it out one day and I looked at it and I was just shocked at how accurate that was. The vision that I created using this, this tool to where I had brought my life in the past six or seven years, it was unbelievable. Very cool. So thanks for taking the time for the podcast. Everybody, make sure you tune in um, to the EO Virtual Learning Podcast that Dave hosts. How often do you come out with new episodes? Every two weeks. There's one every two weeks. And uh, hey, here's something. I'd love to, I always, I'm a big fan of giveaways, right? So so when I'm a guest, I always want to give something away. And it's not, it's not totally altruistic. I mean, the, the, point is, it's a marketing tactic, but at the same time, it's a really cool document we have on our website. Um, it, if it's not right on top of the website, it's probably under resources or something, but we have this little mini book, 101 tips for creating a great culture. And if you haven't downloaded that already, it's, it's really fun. It's, it's got lots of cool, well, it's got 101 to be exact, really cool ideas on things you can do in your company, to create a great culture. So Right on propfuel.com, you can find that document, download it. Very cool. Very cool. So I saw that too. I got to uh, I gotta opt in and get it. What do you got to do? Just put in your email address together? Yeah, man. And then we email you every a couple times a day, every single day. That's not true. <laughs> we don't do that. But I think, you know, I'm, I'm not sure. I don't think we send too many emails. I think we do one on Fridays and then you can just opt out of that. You know, I get your emails and for anybody out there who... Um, who are who's interested in improving your culture? I think downloading the mini book's a great idea. But I get your emails, and I got to say, I really enjoy them. There's a, there's a really fun narrative to every one of them. I knew the story about you know slow, walk slowly and um and smile walk more. Slow, but, smile more. Yeah, because I think you talked about that in one of your one of your newsletters. I talk about so, it all the time. I'm like a politician with that. I basically have like three stories that I tell, <laughs> and that's one of them. That's, I talk about it all the time because it's sincerely, it's the mantra. If I had a t-shirt, Tim Ferriss always asked that question. If you had a billboard, what would it say? And the hands down, I, it, for me, that's what it would say. Walk slow, smile more, period. So that, that is our, uh, that's what we'll close on. Walk, walk slow, smile more. Thank you, Dave, for being here today. It was great yeah, talking to you. Yeah, brother. Really fun. And thank you for everyone listening. Thanks for tuning in. We're, uh, we're putting out these, uh, these episodes on a monthly basis and uh, just keep tuning into one EO radio and seeing all the stuff that we've got out there and, uh, and check out Dave's podcast when you can as well. We'll see you in the next one. Thank you for tuning into learning life on the one EO radio station, a podcast focused on all things learning. If you're listening to this podcast, we want you to be able to learn about other entrepreneurs and use it to better you and your own business. We are 1EO, and the stories and experiences we share are what make this organization special. Take what you can from this episode and share your story with other entrepreneurs. Subscribe on iTunes. Go to the EO New York website and check out the podcast page. Join the EO Facebook group. We are 1EO.